Hello, this is Chandler Jones, and thank you so much for joining us for this week's podcast. The heart of this podcast is to provide you with inspired preaching and teaching from God's Word that will help you boldly live for Jesus. If you haven't already, I would love for you to subscribe today to this podcast so you won't miss the latest messages. Let's go right into the service recorded at Compassion Church Radford. I believe it will be a blessing to you today. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, God, we come before you, Lord, and we thank you, God, that we have a a freedom and a right to worship. Many people across the seas would desire to have this, Lord. And so, Father, we don't take it for granted that we get to be together in your house And Father God, I pray that we'll be in one mind and one accord. And Lord, we just ask in the name of Jesus that you'd speak to our hearts. God, we pray, Lord, many times we can come to the house of God and not receive what we need because either we're distracted or the cares of this life or Satan comes to steal uh, the word. Or God, even it's because our heart is hard. And Lord, I just pray, like the prophet said, break up the fallow ground. If our heart is hard and cold tonight, God, we need to hear from you. We believe in the strength of your word, and God, would it produce in Jesus' name. I pray for every person that has a great need, Lord. God, would you show up as you showed up for this man, Lord. You're the same God, and Lord, you can do signs, miracles, and wonders. And you said that you, uh, you show no favoritism. And so, God, I pray that we would just trust you and believe you and cry out to you, God, and expect you to meet the needs, Lord, that we have in our life. God, we give you praise, honor, and glory. We love you, Jesus. And we thank you, God. I don't know how often you do this, but it's so appropriate at times to just say, thank you, Jesus, for coming and dying for me. Father God, we pray, Lord, that we never miss, Lord, that It was because of the shedding of blood that has forgiven us of our sins. And the Lord God, we have access to the Father because of the blood. And God, tonight we ask the Holy Spirit to move in this house, in this physical house. But Lord, we also pray that the Spirit of God would have liberty to move in our mind and our heart. In Jesus' name, we give you praise. And everybody said, Amen. Go to Psalm 1. Psalm 1. Familiar. Very familiar passage, Psalm chapter 1. Uh, awesome. I love, I love this psalm. Psalm chapter 1. I hope you love the Word of God. I hope you do. If, you're, if you don't, you're missing a great blessing. Psalm 1, it says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the paths of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Here's a big one. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does, he shall prosper. When the scripture says at the beginning, blessed is the man, it's not talking about uh, gender. It's talking about the person, the individual. 
It's talking about, the, the more accurate wording would be, blessed is the person, the man or woman, the boy or the girl, if you're a teenager, uh, a child, or even adult. These principles work for everybody. Blessed is the man, the person. And I want to think about what that word blessed means. Blessed is the spiritual state of well-being and prosperity. It's a deep, joy-filled contentment. You know, God can only give you contentment. Contentment. It's learned. It's not, you, you don't get to a place where you just automatically have contentment. Contentment, what Paul said, he said, I've learned that in all things to be content. Contentment comes from God, but that word blessed is a deep, joy-filled contentment. Another uh, definition of the word blessed is divine happiness. You know, God is the only one that can give you divine happiness. Another definition of that word blessed is the favor of God. We talk about that a lot. I want the favor of God. I want God's hand on my life. I want God's hand on my family. I want his favor. I want his blessing. I want divine happiness. Here's the thing that we have to understand about this passage is that the favor and blessing of God only comes on the person that positions themselves to receive it. I'll explain that. Love is unconditional, but blessing is not. Blessings of God only come from obedience to the instruction of God. Do you believe that? Obedience brings blessing, and disobedience brings chastisement, brings correction. I, I don't know if you ever listened to Perry Stone. He's very comical. I, I've been listening to him a little bit lately, and this is what he says. He says, don't make daddy mad. Don't make God mad. Don't make daddy mad. And um, it's just, it's just kind of comical, but he's right. Obedience brings the blessing of God. Disobedience, whom God loves, what's the scripture say? He corrects, he disciplines because he loves us. I want to tell you tonight that there's nothing better than having the blessing of God on your life. There's nothing better than having the favor of God on your life. There's nothing better than having divine happiness in your life. But the same is also true on the other end. If there's nothing better than having the blessing of God, the favor of God, the happiness of God, there's nothing worse when you don't. You talk about drying up. You talk about not wanting to go through life. You talk about seasons of dryness and being hard. And there's something about when God's favor in his face shines upon you at how your life is different. No, it's not perfect. Can I say this tonight, that regardless of where you are, where you've been, what you've done, the moment you determine in your heart to obey God, his blessing, his favor, his face, his joy will be deposited into your life. The moment you say, I will obey God, you put yourself in position to receive God's best for your life. Do you believe that tonight? The scripture says the blessing of God, I love this scripture, the blessing of God makes one rich and he adds no sorrow to it. When you have God's blessing on your life, I'm not talking about wealth, I'm not talking about financial prosperity, I'm talking about a richness, a wealth that comes on you when you're obedient to God. And I'm thankful that the favor of God is not confusing and it's not compl complicated. God's word shows us how to get it. 
And if you're not under the favor of God, the blessing of God, you don't have the divine happiness, here's good news for you tonight. If you will do what the Scripture says, you will have what the Scripture says. It's that simple. It says, number one, blessed is the man or blessed is the person. Number one, he walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. He doesn't stand in the path of sinners. He doesn't sit in the seat of the scornful. What is it talking about? It's talking about relationships. Your relationships, your earthly relationship always affects your vertical relationship. Your horizontal relationships, think of the cross. The cross is horizontal, but there's also vertical. Your horizontal relationships always affect your vertical relationship. And here's the thing. When your vertical relationship with God is right, your horizontal will be as well. That's how it works. But he says here, blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. What does that mean? Who walks not. That word walk, I've been talking about this, is not a physical walk. That word walk means live. Living in the uncounsel of living in the counsel of the ungodly. The ungodly is not Christ like. The ungodly is not spirit filled. The ungodly is not holy. The ungodly is not wisdom. And when you walk in the counsel of the ungodly, you will lose the favor of God. You just will. When you allow the wrong people to influence your life decisions, you end up listening to their voice. When it's contrary to God's voice, you lose the blessing of God. Do you agree with that? Samson. He said, I don't agree with that. Think about Samson. What happened? The more he was with harlots, the more he was around the wrong relationships, intimate relationships, living in wrong relationships. Delilah was speaking into his ear. He walked in the counsel of the ungodly. And what happened to Samson? God had a tremendous call on Samson's life. But because he entertained the wrong people, unwise counsel, we know what happened to him. He gets his eyes plucked out. He gets bound up with chains. And it wasn't until the very end, glory to God, that God redeemed it. But he did not live up to the measure of the calling of God on his life. People in your life, unwise counsel will always hinder the true calling of God in your life. It will hinder it. It can stun it. We see that in Samson, but I, I love for every bad example, there's a good example. You know who's a good example? Joseph is a good example of someone that said, I will not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. I'll prove it to you. Potiphar's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph. She said, my husband is not here. We're here alone. Will you lie with me? She did that over and over and over. And you know what Joseph did? Instead of listening to her voice, her persuasion, her ungodly counsel, he ran away from her. This is how I know the blessing of God was on his life. Even though he was in a prison, you remember what happened there. He had favor with the jailer. The Bible says everything he put his hand to was blessed. Why? Because he did not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. And God brought him out of that prison, brought him into second command eventually, and then eventually well, he was second command to, to Pharaoh in Egypt. But I want, to see, I want you to see this here. It says, it walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, stands in the paths of sinners, or sits in the seat of the scornful. That is a regression. 
The longer you walk in the counsel of the ungodly, guess what happens next? You stand in the path of sinners. And instead of you influencing sinners to walk in the way, the way of Jesus Christ, you're in their path, they're not in your path. When you listen to ungodly counsel, it's only a matter of time before you're standing in the path of sinners. And then here's the next regression. You're sitting in the seat of the scornful. What is the seat of the scornful? The seat of the scornful is when you're at a place where you will verbally, you will mock God, His Word, you will mock the things that God loves, and it all started with walking in the counsel of the ungodly. How many of you tonight, and this is not, this is a tragedy, this is not a good thing. How many of you knew good God-fearing people, served in the church, lived for the Lord, and they got around the wrong people? And they're not in church no more. They're not serving God no more. What happened? They walked in the counsel of the ungodly. They entertained voices and influence. And it brought them to a place. I have seen people, Lord, and, it's, and it will get worse and worse. The scripture says there will be a great falling away. And where is that coming from? It's coming from the counsel of the ungodly. There's some people you don't listen to them. And after you get there to that seat of the scornful, that is a terrible place where you dislike and you're discontent towards God, God's people, God's house, God's things. It's a deep involvement in wickedness. And it is so hard to get out of that. Now, here's the good part. This is where I want to go. But it says, blessed is the person, the man or woman of God, young adult, teenager, child. Blessed are they who delight in the law of the Lord. If you do not delight in the law of the Lord, you are missing the greatest blessing of God. If you do not have a regular time where you're in the scriptures, I'm not talking, we live right now in a place where there's podcasts and influencers and all of that stuff. That is no substitute to the word of God. That is no substitute to God's truth. I love to listen to preaching, but that is not the substitute to the Word of God. You be sure that you spend time in God's Word. You camp out there. You meditate in there because you're not to meditate in anybody else's Word. You're to meditate in God's Word. And when you'll do that, this is what happens. When the Word of God is a delight, what does that word delight mean? It's a joy. It's a love. It's an affection towards the Word of God. What are we missing in the church today? What are we missing? We have people that do never crack a Bible all week. Where are you at? What chapter are you in? What, what verse are you memorizing? What are you speaking? What are you praying? Are you in the law of the Lord? Are you meditating in it? Is it your delight? Let's be real tonight. That word, to get to the point of delight for the Word of God, it's a process. You go through four stages. Number one stage is drudgery. You ever been in that drudgery stage towards the Word of God? I don't want to do it. I don't like it. I don't get anything. This is boring. I don't understand it. That's drudgery. And you feel made to do it, but you don't want to do it. You'll go through that in drudgery, but you won't stay there long if you'll continue to be in the Word of God. You'll move from drudgery to discipline. What's discipline? Discipline is I do it because it's good for me. 
I do it because it's good for me. I do it because I believe in it. I may not like to do it. I may not want to do it all the time, but I do it because it's good for me. What's the next stage? When you discipline, when you discipline yourself long enough in something, it will turn into desire. How many of you would say this? They say it takes about three weeks to develop habits and routine and where you finally start seeing the benefit of it. And you start, it starts changing in your mindset about how important, you know, the reason why we can't get in shape, we can't eat good, is because we don't do it long enough. We don't discipline ourselves long enough to do it. Say amen if you're here today and you say, I, I know where he's going. I, I agree with that. But when you start seeing the benefits out of your discipline, guess what happens? You'll have a desire. You'll have a desire. You'll be pulled to it. You'll want to do it. But from desire, this is the sweet spot, when you delight. Delight is, I have to do it. I get to do it. It's a delight to me. And you say, how do you get to that place? I'll tell you how you get to that place. I love the law of the Lord because I love the author. I love the one that wrote it. I love the truth. I know that it's good for me. I've gotten to that point in my life. It took years. I'll tell you this right now. I grew up in church my entire life. My mom would tell you that. I was drugged. I, go, I tell that story a lot. Everything changed for me when I got in the Word of God at the age of 18. God began to change my life, pull me out of things, pull me out of addiction, pull me out of negative thinking, pull me out of lust and desires and all that stuff. What happened was I got to a sweet spot in the Word of God that my delight was not in sin anymore. My delight was to live for Jesus. And that's what will keep you when you get to that delight phase. Christ begins to truly, truly shine and live through you. Your desires change. It takes, a, it takes a while to get there, but once you get there, you don't ever want to go back. And sometimes you will. It will come back to where, man, I've, because life and things, where it becomes back to discipline. But I can tell you this right now, the Word of God is not drudgery for me. I've been studying it. For 13 years, and I crave it, and I need it. It's a delight. This is how you know you're in the delight stage, right here. You meditate in God's Word day and night. What does that word meditate mean? That word meditate is different than study. It's diff Sorry, it's different than read. It's different than just, I read this little verse, and then I'm done. You chew on it. That's what meditation is. You chew on it. You mutter. That word meditation in the Greek means to mutter, to speak to oneself. This is what you find yourself doing. You read the Word of God. The Holy Spirit speaks to you, and you begin to get to a point where you remind yourself of the Scripture. That's the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. This is what the Holy Spirit said. I will bring to your remembrance the things Jesus has spoke to you. And when you have a bad day, I feel the Lord right now. When you have a bad day and you're going through anxiety and stress, you remind yourself of the Word of God. Be anxious for nothing but in everything. Uh, present your prayers unto God. You remind yourself that the joy of the Lord is your strength. You remind yourself that greater is He that's in me than He that's in the world. And when you get to that place of delight, you can begin to remind yourself of what God has spoken over you. And I can tell you what that does. It disarms the powers of hell over your life. 
You say, I don't need to worry. I don't need to memorize. I don't need to meditate in the word of God. Well, you're not like Jesus then. Because when Jesus was in that wilderness, he quoted Deuteronomy three times. Three times. Jesus, God in flesh, co-equal with God. He quoted the word of God over the enemy. Can you do it? Can you do it? Can you say, thus saith the Lord? Can you say, no weapon formed against me will prosper or prevail? Can you remind yourself of the word of God? Can you remind yourself of what, how, God, how God's been good to you, how faithful he's been to you, the promises that he's promised you? When you get in that delight phase, it will change everything about your life, and it will change your relationships too. You say, that's so hard for me. Keep at it. Keep at it. You say, it's so hard to memorize scripture. Well, you can quote songs, to, lyrics to songs. I had a girl in the youth group one time. I thought this was actually phenomenal. Um, she could quote the entire Napoleon Dynamite movie. She could do it. We thought that was the greatest thing ever. We thought, how in the world can you do that? <laughs> you know how she did it? She watched the movie a lot. You know how you begin to quote scripture? You read it a lot. You study a lot. Study to show thyself approved. Rightly divide the word of truth. You know what the word of God says? My people perish for what? A lack of my people do. Not the unsaved, not the ungodly. My people perish for a lack of knowledge. Jesus said, you shall know the truth. And what? The truth shall set you free. It's all in the word of God. It's all right there. Meditation. And here, here it is. The promise, if you'll meditate in the law of the Lord, this is what will happen to your life. You'll be like a tree planted by rivers of water. This is what the Lord told me. You'll be a spiritual tree. You won't be a spiritual twig. You'll be a tree. You won't be a twig. What's the difference between a tree and a twig? When the problems come, Jeff said it, the rain comes, the problems come, the affliction comes, you don't fall apart, you don't break apart, you are rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ and his word, and you are strong and you remain upright, you bend and you don't break. You're like a tree, you're not a twig. It says it'll be like a tree planted. How's a tree planted? It has roots. It has roots. Do you have roots that run deep? Your roots ought to run so deep. But here's the thing about roots. Nobody else can see your roots. It's what happens in the unseen. And that's how you develop roots. You know how you develop roots? It's not what you do on Sunday at church. It's what you do through the week when nobody's watching. That's where your roots come from. When you get rooted and grounded in Christ. And here's the thing. You do not produce fruit if you have no roots. You don't. Planted by rivers of water, the, the word of God cleanses you, washes you, renews you, gives you life, gives you vitality. It does all of that for you, just staying in the word of God, meditating in it. Here it is. It brings forth fruit in its season. Not that you're always prospering. Fruit has a season, but you know what? You don't want to miss that season. And here's the thing about fruit. If you're the tree, the fruit is not for the tree. The fruit is for other people. And this is how you know you've gotten to a place of spiritual life when other people can enjoy the relationship of God that you have. 
and they can feast on that. They want to be around that because it's a source of life to them. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, the fruit of the Spirit. Whose leaf also shall not wither. Leaves are falling right now. They're falling apart. They're breaking up. They're drying up. I don't want that in my life. How do I keep that from happening to me spiritually where my leaf doesn't wither away? i got to stay in the Word of God. I don't want to wither away. And I love this last one. Whatever he does, he shall prosper. How many of you believe that tonight? That the Word of God brings prosperity into your life. I'm not talking about getting rich quick. I'm not talking about uh, prosperity gospel. I'm talking about where there is that divine happiness and joy and everything you put your hand to, it's blessed. It doesn't mean that you're going to, uh, all your problems go away, but you prosper in the Lord. And that's God's plan for you tonight. It's not for you to be a twig, it's for you to be a tree and to prosper and to bear fruit. And the Word of God does that. Can, can I tell you tonight, can I challenge you? I want you to read the Word of God every day until Sunday. And most of you are doing that. That's awesome. Why don't you chew on it a little bit? Why don't you get back to where you're writing it down, you're memorizing it, you're quoting it, you're praying it, you're quoting it to people, and see the effect that it has on that person's life. Blessed is the man. The right relationships but also internally what God's doing through his word. Amen? That's what I have for you tonight. Please get in the law of the Lord. It'll change everything about you. And if you're in a dry season right now, you know the beautiful thing about a palm tree? A palm tree can flourish when it's dry all around it. It may be dry in your family, it may be dry at work, it may be whatever, but when the Word of God dwells in you richly, you'll prosper where others are dry. That's the promise of God for your life. The righteous shall flourish, the Bible says, like a palm tree. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, tonight, I pray, God, I just, uh, this was so on me. I, I thank you for the truth, the results of just, one thing, meditating in the law of the Lord. And God, I pray as a strong, strong encouragement to this body, I pray, Father God, that we would be people of the word, that we would love the Bible, that we would know the Bible, that we would not just know it for information, but Lord, it would transform us into the image of the Son. God, tonight, I pray for every single person, Lord, their needs. God, would you, would you bless them through your word? And Father God, if there's someone tonight, they've gotten to that place, Lord, where they're almost in the seat of the scornful. The word of God can get you out of being scornful and can make you spiritual. There's people tonight listening to ungodly counsel, Lord. Would the Spirit of God be greater than their voice? The influences and things that they're hearing, God, would Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. 
God, I pray that we would be led of you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I really want to say thank you for joining us this week. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review. It helps this podcast reach more people with the gospel of Jesus.